Now she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa. She's ready to go to the stars. This is the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Its mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of being so long lived that you actually were able to see everybody opening night in concert. I remember discovering soup. Dirt whippersnap. <laughs> Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. We are this week uh, kind of doing a twofer. Uh, we are talking about the uh, advantages and disadvantages of being long-lived, uh, as in like immortal, okay, and also some of the issues that come up with time travel because in a lot of ways they're the same, you know. Be, um, and we'll we'll get into where they are the same and where they differ later on. But uh, uh, so when we talk about people who are mortal, let's let's go ahead and. And, and, and make some ground rules here, okay? All right, so um, we're assuming, you know, uh, I don't think we should assume for, uh, that that we are, you know, royalty, okay? Because, you know, that I, that's always the thing that happens. Like the vampires, they live forever, but they almost always seem to be royalty as well. And, you know, of course, you know, all the disadvantages that you run into with being a vampire or any of these kinds of things usually are covered over by the fact that you have some huge estate to hang around, to hide in if you need to. And secondly, if anybody was to say, hey, you know, you're like unnatural or something, what are they going to do? You're a, ro- you know, you're a royal. Okay, it's it's not only like against the law to attack you; it's even against most religions to attack you. So let's let's just kind of put that aside and say, hey, these are just people, okay, and uh, that just happen to live forever. And uh, you know, we can do a quick little rundown as to why people can live forever. Trav, you want to grab that? Well, you have many different reasons why one can be immortal or just extremely long-lived. You have anti-geriatric treatments such as genetic manipulation. You have spells, magical spells, and uh, let's see, the one that comes to mind is from the D20 product Temporality by Dark Horse Games, and it is called Have Time Surf. Once you have the spell cast upon you, you age one year for every two. There are mutations. You just, you have a natural genetic quirk. There are curses, you know, like the, um, blanking. Dorian or, Gray. Yeah. Or, you know, or, due to or the, the painting. 
Yeah. Or the guy who uh, uh, killed Christ. Oh, Long- Longinius, yeah. Yeah, Longinius, yeah. Okay, just there are various and different ways that someone can gain immunity to aging. Yeah. I think that includes natural events like being struck by lightning. Wait, what? Oh yeah, it's it. Uh, there was I, an old story, an old uh, pulp era story about a about a Neanderthal who's still around. He's been around. You know, I mean, when I made a joke about inventing soup, he's the person who invented soup. Ah. <laughs> so and, and some and kind of like what you were talking about, Trav. One of the ways is that it's literally granted to you by a, a higher power. Yeah. Where someone basically says, you know, you will not die before this happens. And it just turns out that that doesn't happen for a thousand years. Yeah, or it's or it's a wish. Though wishes can are always tricky if you don't word them right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're a thousand years old. You also look it, too. Right. Okay. <laughs> and I think we should also assume that people are not just immortal. They're also eternal. They don't age or the, the, the aging. It doesn't really matter because otherwise you get into this situation where uh, I was told that one of the um, uh, prophets of Delphi, oracles of Delphi, um, asked the gods to let her live forever. And they said, sure. And <laughs> she just got older and older and older and older until she was blind and couldn't walk. And and was it was just something awful. And the gods finally took pity of her and basically turned her into a little tiny doll figure and put her inside of a little magical house where you'd, you'd take your questions and you'd write them on a piece of paper and you'd shove it in the house. And then she'd write an answer on a piece of paper and shove it out. But she wouldn't have anybody see her looking like you know what she had turned into they wouldn't have to see that oh what is that movie death becomes her yes meryl street bruiser yeah they ended up living forever but basically they had to be spackled and yeah (laughs) yeah they were warned they said you know take good care of your body you're gonna have it a long time and they did not (laughs) yeah I'm also thinking of the difference between, like you said, true immortality and what I like to call functional immortality. That is, true immortality, you are going to live forever. Bang, you know, you'll survive the heat death of the universe. Functional immortality is you're using, like Trav said, using some sort of treatment or drugs that you have to do on a regular basis. And if you stop taking it, you're no longer immortal at that point. So, yeah, basically you get to choose how long you live rather than living forever. But for all intents and purposes, you're functionally immortal. And, and, and there's the um, upload your brain into your clone. So every, every 20 to 30 years, you get yourself a young, new young body. Yeah, well, there's that. Well, yeah. well, there's a twist in that one. I I I I, I always thought, I, I was thinking about that. Actually, I have a character I've been working on like that for a fictional story, and he, if you ask him, are you are you Jason? He says, Well, I'm I'm Jason, but I'm not the Jason who died, because uh, you know I had to be force grown and had to had memories implanted in me as I was as I was force grown, and I developed a slightly different personality than the previous Jason. Yes, technically, I can remember the first Jason's thoughts, but that's only because they're in the machine that, that, that that's plugged into my brain. 
but technically I am that Jason, but technically I am a different Jason. <laughs> there is a movie that deals with uploading, and it's a relatively recent movie. It has uh, Johnny Depp and Paul Bettany, the man who currently plays Vision in the MCU. It's called Transference. It is about a man that due to being killed by an irradiated bullet, and he was dying a slow, painful death, they work to upload his brain into the internet. Now, the problem I have with uploading yourself and using that as a way to cheat death and be quote-unquote immortal is that many of your responses are emotionally based and I just have this thing where you see, you know, an uploaded, a transferred intelligence get angry and have all these emotional responses. Well, emotions are due to hormones that if you are uploaded into a computer, you're not going to have access to those hormones. You are going to be you, but you're going to be talking like this, very emotionless. It'll be patterned on you, but you're not going to have the emotional backup to have anything other than sort of a monotone. That's the problems I've always had with that. Yeah, that's a software programming. You program the endocrine system into the computer, so you yeah, have to have. Yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> well, in, in movie transfer, Transference, it barely worked. I think you mean Transcendence. Transcendence, yes. Trans- yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Now, my problem with that is, is that, according, according to the latest estimates, the human brain has about a petabyte worth of, of, mem- of storage. That's pretty much what Google uses right now. Yeah, but that's before they 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 use the uh, you know the the zip algorithm. Yeah, before they use the magic fairy dust of nanomachines. Yeah, no, I don't yeah. mean that. I'm just saying is that you know it doesn't matter how much you know how much storage you have. It matters how much storage you need at any one time. Uh, you know, if you can take that memory and put it offline into a really compact storage and then just unspool it whenever you need it, then you might need might not need that much effective memory space. Yeah. And, and also, human memory is, as best I can tell, human memory is associative. You really don't re- store a, like a film. It's more like you store hints. And then when you need to remember something, you put the hints together and you cre- and you recreate the memory. If that's true, what about the people who have um, uh, eidactic memory? They're very good at putting the hints together. Uh, that seems seems a little sketchy to me. But it's the way. But it's pretty much the way the brain works. It works by strengthening associations between the same neuron can be the same neuron for like four or five different memories. You know. So well, here's the thing, John. We kind of think in identities. That's kind of why people link certain things oh, yeah. to certain, like, you know, oh, yeah. Because I did this, this happened, this happened. We kind of think in identities, anyways. So, yeah. John's thing here about, well, the same neuron can link up to four or five hints of memories. John's idea holds water. It, it's, it's like, you know, you remember a car. Well, you have this thing called car in your in your in your neurons, and then you have to add in modifiers like red car, fast car, you know. And I can think I can imagine uh, Ferrari, but you know, if I were to draw it down and then look at a picture of Ferrari, it wouldn't match that much because 
it, well, it's, remember, we we know, we barely know how the brain works. Yeah, and still kind of going on the figure that we only use ten percent of our full brain, anyways. And of course, there's movies where people end up using a hundred percent of their brain, and I'm that's trying, bovine I'm, stuff. Let's 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 not do that. Okay, let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's get back to our topic. Okay, so. Um, now, a lot of what you suggested were like people who are long-lived in the future, where they have a lot of technology to support them. But whenever I think about people who are long-lived, I always think about people that were in the past, started off somewhere in the past, when things, where, when science wasn't the, you know, the, the great magic that it, you know, and actually it was considered magic at that time. So basically, either through a natural mutation, magical situation, or granted by a higher power, or some elixir that just you know has some just you know uh, in- innovative, um, uh, effervescent quality that just keeps. Yeah. You going. I, okay. I kind of I'll lump that under magical. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, but it wasn't it wasn't presented that way in a lot of the stories. Yeah, I mean, so like, it, it's not the best movie in the series, but the uh, the the Pirates of Caribbean with uh, you know with Blackbeard the pirate, basically you ex- you basically took life, but someone donated their lifespan to you by you know by drinking you both you drinking from the fountain of youth, you know, and you would get that person's. Uh, you know, the recipient would get that person's lifespan. Oh, okay, well that that's still magic. Yeah, still magic, yeah, but yeah. But there's other things. I'm because I'm, I'm thinking of um oh life force, where the vampires the reason why they they're so long lived because they steal life force. Suck it right up and eat it. <laughs> that 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 life force. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about the other one where they the cocoon. Oh yes. First, where they actually they they actually an, an alien life form gave life to us. And, and basically, even though we looked, they, we might look like we're sixty or eighty. We're running around with with more energy than a twenty year old. Yep. And that Neanderthal, I can't remember the name of the story. I, uh, I'm sorry, but you know, he basically got hit by lightning, and whatever it did to him, he's been around since sixty thousand years ago. So he is more or less functionally immortal. Right. So, but the point is, is that in all these cases, what we essentially have is we have someone who is age arrested. You know, they just, you know, that whether they, you know, they have to do, you know, drink the magic potion every once in a while, or whether they, you know, have to chant, you know, the prayer to the gods and do the ritual, or whether they just happen to be that way and they get up every day and they go to bed every night and the next day it's just like, you know, they haven't changed. You know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 years, centuries go by and they're still the same person as far as their physical form is concerned. Assuming, of course, and that's where we get into the issues, that they heal completely. Yeah, this key, this Neanderthal didn't. He, in fact, the story revolved about him going to a hospital, getting a leg that didn't set right two thousand years ago fixed. You know, yeah. It basically, are you do you regenerate like Wolverine, or do you basically are a regular person? You just don't die. You know, of old age. Otherwise, you'd be... you you replace you know certain <laughs> tissues with scar tissue. Yeah. 
Now, some parts of your body, you know, they do, you know, completely rebuild themselves, like your bones. Your bones completely rebuild themselves, so as long as, you know, you last, you know, you're able to, as long as your body doesn't become weird and stop restoring calcium, you know, you're, you will continue to, uh, you know, renew your bones. Okay, but other things, you know, and your skin, essentially, um, as long as it hasn't been damaged too much, you know, I mean, it'll cover over, you know, scars and things like that, and you'll, you know, you'll be okay. Now, effects of long-term things like gravity on your body aren't going to change. I mean, unless, of course, there's something magical about the way you regenerate, so... You know, the, you're, you know, you know, you may your face may get longer. You know, you may, you know, your knees give out because you just worn the cartilage there out completely. Oh yeah. Well, may, those, those things, you know, there's no strong, there's no firm indication that that actually happens. That you know, wear actually wears out the cartilage in your knees. On the other hand, uh, women's breasts. They do tend to sag more and more as age goes on. Yeah, yeah. What they call the battle with gravity. Yeah, right. Yeah. And um, and men's and, and not to not to, to to pick on them. Men's butts also have yeah. to hang lower and lower. So you know, there's quite possibly as you as the centuries roll on, you may essentially become a kind of an, an, a mature gentleman or a a, a mature lady looking you know person. Uh, I think I always felt that's one of the reasons why most of the Doctor Who characters always looked a little bit more elderly. Yeah, except for the newest one. But anyway, you know, we're not going to touch that topic. Anyway, I, I'm looking at this Neanderthal. He unfortunately he did suffer from cavities, so he lost all his teeth. I mean, so that means yeah, diseases still diseases may affect you. So you got to make sure you stay healthy. So oh. yeah. Yeah. Right. Stay away from- yeah. Teeth is a, teeth is a problem. If you, if you're you know if you're not re- magically regenerating, okay, by by the you know, that's why the magic potion is usually the better one. Uh, yeah, you may end up uh, with uh, false teeth within a century. Yeah, he, that's why he invented soup because he couldn't eat, so he had to find some way to get sustenance. So he made soup. Why didn't he invent false teeth instead? Uh, he, didn't think of, he didn't think of it. You know. <laughs> Hey, you know, for we know, he did. He just took a while longer for the for the, you, know, you know. Maybe he put wood in his mouth, but it, it just didn't last. You know, wooden teeth don't work. You need real teeth. I mean, let's be honest. False teeth, up until recently, were made from cadavers. <laughs> they they took teeth out of dead people and they glued them or. Or, or put them into some kind of a form where they were held rigidly and people wore them in their mouths. And that's perfectly fine. You clean them, they'll be fine. There's not like there's anything, you know, nasty. Na- I mean, your mouth, generally speaking, is a nasty disease place anyways. But I'm just saying is it's not like there's something terrible about them. That you're, the out, you know, you're, um, uh, you're enamel. You know, just basically it's just there as long as it lasts. And it, it never gets better. It just gets worse. So, but in, in history, a lot of people died young. So there's really not that hard to get yourself some high quality enamel, you know, from corpses, as you said. And, and of course, delaying the rumor that, that people in, in medieval Europe had bad teeth, they didn't eat sugar as much as we do. The sugar was actually not in their diet. 
And sugar is the number one promoter of most bacteria that grow on your teeth. So, yeah, with a low-sugar diet. Actually, any... Um, carb, yeah. Any carb, yeah, because bread... You know, refined bread turns right into sugar. You don't have to. You don't have to be. You don't have to have a sweet tooth in order to have that problem. You know, the dentist today, what they say is, is that you know, it doesn't matter whether you drink soft drinks or anything else like that. But after you drink it, take another drink with pure water and rinse your mouth out in that way to keep the keep it off your teeth. It's just it's the fact that you have stuff like you know, um, well, you know basically uh, bread and other things and, and even uh, the uh, carbohydrates that are in diet drinks they also get on your teeth and they also cause uh, tooth decay even though you're not, you're not taking any sugar you still can get it from diet drinks and of course the acid that's in um, carbonated doesn't help any either so all that stuff basically what you're trying to do if you want your teeth to last is to reduce the amount of acid in your mouth yeah yeah. As simple as that. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And, it, it, but as we said, you know, infirmaries of the body, if you don't got magical or regenerative capabilities, yeah, you got to really take care of yourself. Yeah. And, and of course, things happen, you know, and the, your, uh, you know, your medical care available in the past was pretty bad. You know, they, they, they knew how to set a bone. But if you had a, uh, a a compound fracture, they were going to go in and do surgery on you. Well, so. that that depends on where you are and when where you are. Like the gladiators, a lot of them got broken bones. Guess what? They learned how to set bones. Yeah, their, their doctors learned how to set bones and how to how to fix stab wounds and so forth. Basically, a lot of what we consider modern medicine was being practiced by the Romans. Of course, they didn't wash their hands. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. another whole new can of worms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but then again, it was lost during the Dark Ages and then rediscovered again. But I mean, they, you know, I mean, a lot. I'm just, I'm just saying that, that you know, a lot of injuries, and of course, you know, during history. A lot of bad things can happen to you. I mean, there's a lot, you know, especially from each other, attack, being attacked by other people, being in wars. You know, even if you're not a combatant, fleeing, you know, the battlefield can get you injured. There's wild animals that can attack you. You live a long time. All those rare opportunities start adding up. I'm reminded of Doctor Who again. We already mentioned that. Well, the plastic auton version of Rory Williams who lived 2,000 years and the doctor told him, okay, you need to keep away from heat and radio waves. You know, when those are invented, you can't repent, you don't regenerate so you got to be careful what you do. And I mean, it was again, transferred intelligence type thing. Yeah. It was the engrams of Rory Williams, but it was in that plastic quote-unquote body. So yeah. I'm reminded of that as we're talking about this and Bruce talking about unable to, you know, re- naturally heal since effectively he was a walking mannequin with Rory's mind. Yeah. Right. Well, he, he's a he's a really extreme example. And there's lots of stories where they, they, they do that trade off. They say, OK, fine, you're now you're not going to age anymore, but you no longer have the ability to heal. So any 
any bump, any scrape or whatever, you know, means that you've got a real problem and we might have to take this, you know, totally pump the serum out of your body, pump some real blood back into your body and wait till you heal and then redo the whole thing, which is a hideous, which of course in these stories is hideously expensive. So it's like, so people instead, you know, they don't have anything sharper than a butter knife in their house. And every, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, childproofing your house. Every, there's no sharp edges. Everything's got like bumpers on it. And you never go, never do anything like skiing or any kind of thing that could possibly get you hurt because you're going to carry the, the, you know, the effect of that if you do. So, um, but yeah. But most people in healing, I mean, again, let's say if you're going to live a long time, there's got to be some capability of healing because otherwise you just disintegrate in short period. It's the problem of the of the uh, zombie, you know, which is that the things that are constantly trying to eat us, we our body systems fight off, and if you don't have that that those operating anymore, then you know you basically get at by anything, you know, by things smaller than you can see in short order. Actually, I think of one other way of prison history become immortal is that they're not entirely human, and I'm not talking, you know, oh, they've they've mated with the with the fairies. No, they mated with the local with the local aliens, you know, or they're they're the offspring of of an alien human uh, um, um, mate uh, getting together, and they're not quite human, not quite alien, and for some reason they. They're not aging. They're kind of immune. They got a better immune system. They still can get sick. You know, they still catch the cold, but they don't catch the plague. So that's that's a benefit. You know. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's just kind of like this. It's basically the same idea as as Trav's mutation, where you just happen to be extremely long lives, like the Lazarus Long. See, the thing is, is that, you know, Lazarus Long and his story, they had this whole thing about, you know, the Howard families, how they were all supposed to, um, you know, marry long-lived people from long-lived people and produce even longer-lived people, except for the fact is that he's like second-generation Howard. Yeah, and he's the longest lived of any of them. Oh, I get to do something to Bruce that he, that, that he does to me all the time. Bruce, well, who, where is Lazarus Long from? Lazarus Long is part of Heinlein's future history stories. Uh, he is a, a character that appeared in Methuselah's Children, and um, well, and then later on, uh, t- Time Up for Love, To Sail Beyond the Sunset, um, a Cat Who Walked Through Walls, and other things. Basically, it's how he, the stories of Lazarus Long. Um, once we went into the future, past the the whole time of Methuselah's children, is how Heinlein ended up his future history stories. But uh, anyways, he's uh, but he's the old, the longest live person in history, um, and twice. He, well, yeah, because he went back in time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but but not really because he went back in time and he got killed and they they scooped him up and put him and, and put him back together again and brought him back to the future. So he really didn't do it twice. Almost killed. He was bad off. He was cut in half with a machine gun fire. Yeah, but he wasn't quite dead yet when he got. No, wrong. of course not. Yeah. He wasn't quite. <clears throat> dead. Yeah. 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 O- o- only the uh, you know, but but. Uh, <laughs> 
you know, it's, it's like, yeah, sure. You know, I mean, if, if I had people who could swoop in like angels in the millisecond that my body got cut in half and grab me and throw me into stasis and then put tubes in me and then move everything over into my clone body, yeah, I'd have a chance of living too. Yeah, yeah. But everybody else in that World War One uh, battlefield, basically, they all bit, took bought the farm on that one. Yeah. Yeah, and he, after after yeah. promising himself he would never get involved. But anyway, yeah, well, that's, that, he did it for a woman. Yep. Uh, yeah. And but but she was worth it because she mm-hmm. was his mom. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we won't. Anyways, okay, so um, so back to long live people. So long live people. The, one of the big uh, detriments to being long live is you will experience more tragedy. Okay. Uh, just because you live longer, these things happen. Okay, there's going to be more losses due to unexpected death, and I don't mean your unexpected death. I mean there's just going to be people dying. You know, from accident, from warfare, from disease. Uh, you know, just from evil intent because you know you. And and you're gonna and you're gonna lose people. You're gonna you're gonna lose. And of course, you you will ultimately lose everybody you ever cared about, unless there's more than one person who's immortal. Yeah, and and or whether or not if you're if you if it's not a wish or a magical spell, it's transferable. But then, yeah, if you you know you start some progeny, do they do they may live longer, but they may not live as long as you. That's always been the problem. Yeah. Well, we're not talking about that. You know, we're but I mean, yes, yeah, oh, actually you're you're correct. So, depending upon the type of immortality that you have, you know, if you can confer to other people, then it's, then you have this group and then you then you have the problem that okay, you have this group of people which maybe you initially liked, do you still like them a century later, two centuries later? Mm, yeah. You know. They, uh, every story I've ever seen where where great the great lovers and they you know they, they have this romance that spans two centuries, and then they had enough, and then they walk away. <laughs> They're like, okay, fine, you know, just just you know we see each other on Christmas, okay, enough, you know, two centuries, you know. So most there's very few of these things where they're supposed to act, that actually have lasted throughout eons. Well, I'm reminded, I can't remember whether it was a guy or a gal, but he was granted immortality and he was given this, and you can use this, and he's given some sort of MacGuffin that he can give to the person he wants to spend the rest of his life, rest of forever with. And he, he dates women, I think it's a guy, he dates women, all of a sudden they find, he finds the person he wants to stay forever with, he gives it to his dog. Okay. I saw that one coming. Yeah. <laughs> Or his horse, or his horse, yeah, or his cat. Yeah, usually, it's a it's a it's a, a service animal of some kind. Yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. I always uh, have fun with fun with that idea. I mean, it's a uh, I, I post an idea for in one group, you know, where you know they come up with a uh, means to well prolong life, you know, give you functional immortality, and but what it does mean is that everything regenerates, including your brain cells, which means you lose memories. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, that that's 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 another thing that can happen as a result of it. Yeah, I've noticed that in certain forms of immortality, that's a convention where yeah, if you're a thou- if you've lived a thousand years, 
your first one, 200 years are really hazy. And you hear you're saying things that I don't remember much of my childhood anymore. You know, that type of thing. It just seems to be a convention of mm-hmm. long lived people in escapist fiction. I, I, uh, let's go back to, to the tragedy. Okay. All right. You know, and we already talked about the fact that you're going to experience more injury because again, you live longer, more bad things happen to you. You know, how, I mean, you, you hit your thumb at least a thousand times more than everybody else in history. Okay. Uh, there's also, you're going to have experienced more privation. All right. You're going to have suffered more thirst, more hunger, you know, you're more, um, dis, you know, uh, uh, dislocation as a result of you know, tra- uh, uh, just things happening like wars or um, or people decide that you've lived too long and they're going to get rid of you, so you have to run off and go somewhere else. Um, you, you know, there's um, you know, it could be natural disasters, forest fires, floods, all those other things. I mean, you know, you're gonna. I mean, my, myself, okay, you know, I, I was uh, uh, forced to leave my, my home, uh, kind of, uh, uh, when I was, uh, when I was um, like eight, seven months old uh, in the womb. <laughs> my mom had to, had to get up on the roof and uh, there was a flood and they had to carry her off. Okay, so my, my, my own personal home was in good shape and I, had, and I had to leave that one too, by the way, <laughs> for nine months. But I'm just saying is that there's always going to be something that forces you to go. I mean, look at your own lives. How many times have you had to move from where you originally started? You know, and multiply that times of a hundred, you know, or even a thousand. That's a lot of dislocation. My dad had to move because the turning out took the top off of their house. You know, it's like, okay, it's time. We don't want to be here in this flatland anymore. Let's go to Michigan. So, yeah, and the family moved to Michigan. Yeah, yeah that was, right. you know, things like that. Yeah. Or you get a job or, you know, or uh, you happen to be a, a member of a group that falls into disfavor. And then they say, okay, you people need to go to the next country because we don't want you anymore. Or if you stay here, we'll kill you. You know, I mean, these things happen over time. I mean, almost every ethnic group has been on the outs with somebody, you know, one time or another. Yeah, and I hate to say it, if you're a person who's easily bored, oh, woe to you, because you're going to get bored. (laughs) Well, yeah, because most, most of life is pretty boring. I mean, you know, we live at a time of very information richness, okay? Yeah, I, I, I just just thought of a poor guy. You're talking about privation, who gets shipwrecked on an island, and he realizes he's not on any shipping lanes, and he's going to be there for a while. So, you know, he, he says, "Well, you know what? I'm going to build a boat." Unfortunately, there's only two palm trees here, so I'm going to have to wait a bit. You know, and he, you know, he fishes and he grows more palm trees. He, you know, he, he does what he can to, you know collect the wood and keep it from rotting and eventually gets enough palm trees they can actually make uh, a, a boat. Of course, he has to learn how to make a boat because he doesn't know how to make a boat, but, you know, and he has to make the tools to cut down the palm trees and basically, you know, 200 years later, he has a very fine palm tree boat, you know. <laughs> he has an adequate palm tree boat. I would not be well, going for perfection. Here. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's functional, won't, you know, and it's probably the third one he's made, you know. <laughs> 
But yeah, and he's also sick and tired of coconuts. He's sick and tired of <laughs> the fish. He's sick and tired of clams. He's sick and tired of crabs. You know, when he gets home, and says, yeah, well, we'll treat you to a fine meal. Here, have some crab. Be like, oh, God, no. <laughs> Please give me bread, turnips. <laughs> Potatoes. Steak. Yeah. Potatoes, Mr. Frodo. Potatoes. And you and and will move away from anywhere with water bigger than a pond. <laughs> I want to be landlocked. <laughs> Move me to Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, and then he ends up stuck in the stuck in the middle of the Rocky Mountains for te- for fifty years. But anyway, you know, <laughs> right? Okay. So, uh, and and let's say you, you ultimately, as I mentioned, you're going to have a loss of friends. Everybody you care about is going to leave you. You know, because either you leave or you're going to leave them. And when you come back to say, "Hey, how are you doing?" They're going to be like, "Oh, he died ten years, fifteen years ago." Oh yeah, actually, I think the the Capaldi uh, doctor has done a good job of portraying a person who's been around way too long. Yeah. Oh yes. And, and keeps everyone at arm's length because he knows they're not going to be there later on. Um. Well, that's not entirely true. I mean, he could do what what uh, some of the other doctors would just pop in every now and then and visit with. In, in the past, you know, further further into the past and visit with people during their lifespan rather than, you know. I'm not sure how many times he's visited uh, William Shakespeare, but I think he's visited him, at least, uh, based on what I understand, he's visited him like three or four times during his lifespan, but this first time was uh, the tenant doctor. Yeah, uh, I doctor. that one, yeah. But that was not the first time he, he had visited him, though, but that was the first time he was visited. But anyway... <laughs> So, uh, but uh, you were talking about um, uh, you know people's memory. S- see, you know, when you live a really long time, there's more to remember. It can be you can it can be confusing after a while. So, do they speak s- Spanish here, or do they speak Iberian? I don't remember. You know. <laughs> yeah, I once thought you know uh, that if you the only way to really do well as an immortal is that every once in a while you just basically just try to forget everything and just start over entirely and don't try to remember anything in your past because you know it's quite possible that unless your memory has modified you may become incapable of remembering i mean those all those things in the past are going to disappear anyways except for the few things that really really are important to you or just somehow are stuck in your brain and you can't get rid of, but you may say, I don't remember what I did, you know, my 13th year. You know, I don't remember, you know, my, you know, what, you know, I don't remember the 20s anymore. <laughs> it's, it's been too long. I've done too many things. Or you might hold at least one memory because you think of it every day, like your mother's face. You remember what her face looks like because every day you spend some time remembering it. So those neurons are always used. Well, that, that's 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 something you'd have to learn to do because you know that I mean most people don't think about that you know they don't think about you know remembering their mother's face and then you know then twenty years later they're like what did she look like again oh let's get out the let's get out the books let's get out the, the you know the the picture albums yeah and if you're like my mom she's the one taking the pictures <laughs> yeah well that's my problem I'm the one always taking the pictures so yeah. 
All right, but I was just saying is that so you know, but just having so much more to remember, you know, is is going to be very hard. You is ultimately you may have to pick and choose what you decide to remember, just because you just can't keep it all in there. You know? or you know you can you might have to start you know keeping journals, so that you can reference you know things in the past, your own personal you know timeline, because you just, at least just. Our human brains could hold a lot of information, but you know we we have a tendency not to all, always remember the most important stuff. I can see it now. Some guys going, "Okay, where, so you kept journals?" Yes, I've kept journals ever since I uh, found out, realized I was living forever. And they look at what is this? Oh, I think you call it Linear B because it's the only language I know how to write. I can read it, and I can write. I even, and he speak, and he speaks it off in fluent, uh, whatever passed for Greek at the time. But yeah, he's the only person who can actually read linear B in the world right uh, at this point in time. He's like, oh yeah, you know, it's it's the only thing I know how to write. Right. Well, I mean that that would be silly. I would think that he would, you know. And that brings us to our, our next uh, our next point, which is you would be better educated. Well, yeah, because you had time to do it. Yep. Okay. Now it's. I I don't think that you'd necessarily, you know, and, and for most people, you know, learning a skill or something takes a lifetime because, you know, it's, we don't have our modern, you know, well, there's books that teach you how to do things now, okay, and there's videos, and there's all kinds of very carefully crafted courses of study to really maximize the uh, retention and, and the presentation of knowledge. In the past, that wasn't like that at all. You were basically working after somebody. It was like, look at what I do and do what I do. And so and then three years later, maybe you learned something that you probably would have learned in a month in, in a modern uh, educational thing. Yeah. But, and that's why most people weren't very well educated because, well, first of all, they, a lot of times they weren't even allowed to learn to read. And secondly, you know, or maybe the, all the reading was being done in a language that wasn't even the common language in, in hand. You could be English and, you know, all your Bibles are all written in Latin. Okay. Or French. So do you, yeah. So, um, but if you live forever, then you've had the, you know, you might have learned Latin in Rome in, during those days. You know, and then later on, you know, when it became French, you learned French, and when it became English, you learned English, and then you you have those all to draw upon. Now, hopefully, you also learned how to read and write it, not just speak it. You know, because there's a lot of people that can speak languages, but they don't uh, know how to read or write them. And hopefully, you don't complain about the current pronunciation of Latin. Said you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Well, that would be great if they actually had somebody who could who could actually say how what these these dead languages are supposed to sound like. Yeah, of course you 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 learn you learn early Romance French French you know which may not be Parisian French which is what the 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 official French language is is the from the region around the Paris region. You may have learned Catalan, right? Yeah, and that's and that's another problem. You know, uh, the language, and, and we're going to hit that with time travel. Is is that you know you think you know the language, and you get there and find out everyone's speaking a different dialect of it because it's it's only that one area that actually speaks that language <laughs> the way you learned it, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's difference between high German and Bavarian. I took in high school three years of high school German, and then three semesters in college. And you had High German and then Bavarian, which 
I looked at my teacher dead in her eye, and I mean, I was young and stupid now that I'm older. And I said, so basically redneck German and the entire class stopped. But yeah, there are variations of languages. Like he was talking about Parisian and Catalan French. You may have learned Spanish from Madrid and then you go and you find out it's Barcelona where all they, they speak with a lisp. Oh. So they pronounce it Barcelona. Or you, or, or you may have been one of those folks who were there before the Indo-European show up. So you're speaking, uh, the you know the, the Basque or the Finnish or whatever the where are the related languages which are no longer spoken by anyone at this time at, at this time period because they're just more or less wiped out. And yeah. you're the last last person who speaks Doggeric from the Doggerlands. <laughs> Well, it, 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 it just, it's not necessarily always that you're the last person to speak a language because what we're talking about was, was endemic in Scotland because of the highlands, the, the, the sharp peaks and the impassable landscape that was up there. Someone who you could stand there and look at somebody, a village on another peak, and if you went over there, they even you, you could, they couldn't understand you because even though you were both speaking Gaelic, they had a, a completely different dialect than you did. And, and this is one of the reasons why people would go and take their kids and hand them off to other villagers, you know, villages for them to raise. Because then later on when they grew up, they, they say, okay, now you got to come back. And they would act as a, as a verbal bridge between these two people. There's now someone who can speak two languages you know, and, and can act as an interpreter so that they don't have to go to war with each other over mistakes, uh, misunderstandings. Yeah, and the side effect of that is, is that you spread, you're, you start spreading a common language at that point because they'll come up. Uh, not really. Well, it, it, there, it, 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 uh, there's evidence that a lot of languages start out as a creole. That is, you have different people thrown together. They don't speak any of the, they don't speak any common language, and they make a language. A pigeon language. Yeah. language. Yeah. What you're saying happens more often when uh, you have an area where there's a lot of people coming in together, okay? When you have geographic isolation like what I'm talking about, you know, and, and the, the situation of Scotland is unusual because it's geographic isolation even though they're really close to each other. Okay, you know, then that doesn't actually happen. So these things that I'm talking about where you actually send somebody over there after they've learned your language to go and learn of the other the other tribe's culture, they come back with the other tribe's language as well, and then you have someone who can act as a, a bridge between the two, which improves trade, which improves a lot of things. Uh, development of skills. They may have learned how to do something that you don't know how to do, and you've got something to trade with each other, and yes, and you can build an alliance and become a nation over time. I remember with the uh... There is no such thing as Chinese. There are about four or five different dialects in China which are not mutually intelligible to each other. And but they but they all use the same uh, they all use the same ideographs. So the Chinese language, written language, it's the same for everybody. I could, you know, someone in someone in northern China were to write something, you could read someone in southern China could read it. They would read it differently. You know, pronounce it differently, but they would, but they because they had the same words, but they had different pronunciations for those words. So yeah, that the the the, the, the uh, ideograph for our house, it's still a house for a guy in north, it's still a house for a guy in the south, but they have used two different words for them. 
So, anyways, better educated. Okay, that means that you're gonna your your immortal character will probably have better core skills. They'll be a more well-rounded person. Oh, since we're talking about role-playing games, I have to bring up the one game that actually showed the problem with that, and that was Ringworld. Uh, Ringworld was an old. It was basically based on Larry Niven's um, uh, property, you know, stories in known space. And if like you Ringworld, yeah, like Ringworld. And if you made a character much like Louis Wu, who was say four hundred years old, you maxed out every skill in the tree. Literally, you maxed out every skill. There was no skill you didn't know at 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 the top level. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But that's not really a problem with the role-playing game. That's, that's a problem with what you're trying to do <coughs> with your system. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's... I mean, yeah, you're going to have... But at the same time, is that look, what I've said before, and that is, is that people do not learn to be experts at everything that they do. They learn to be good enough. They learn to be competent. And then they stop because it's boring to, to try to become an expert in everything that you do because there's something else that you could be spending your time doing or you could just be spending your time doing nothing at all so i don't think it's normal human motivation to be the to be something like what you just suggested yes mechanically in the system you could have him at the top of the chart in every skill but that wouldn't be realistic the that's not human psychology yeah i mean it, it sort of came up with, with, you know, you're going to the ring world and it's going to take five years. So what are you going to do? You're going to live in cryo sleep? Are you going to practice? Even just not being in, being one of these functional mortals like Lewis Wu, if you're just like 40 years old, in five years, using all the, in, you know, using all the training stuff, you could, you could at least max out two or three of your skills on the way there, you know, on the way to ring world. Hopefully the ones that would be the most useful. Or you, you, you had three options. You could be in cryo sleep and pop out, ready to go. You could sit there and practice and practice and practice and practice. Or two, you veg out and just have fun. Or you could do what they did in, um, oh, now I'm going to forget, uh, Demolition Man, where they, they teach it to you while you're in cryo sleep. And yeah. You, and you come out knowing how to knit. And <laughs> other stuff you're like why do i know how to knit <laughs> what was the other guys oh you know he was taught crime uh, more, more he was taught computers that's right yeah he was taught he was taught all of the basically that made him into a a criminal mastermind yeah he got all the skills that he needed to do that and, which was not what he was supposed to learn because he was a criminal he was supposed to learn you know you know skills that would help him Fit into society and 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 use. From what I remember, it was skills that they do a psych profile based on. You know, they and and it's like, well, your psychological profile fits that you know how to knit. And Sylvester Stallone's like, wait, how? What? No. <laughs> yeah, that's what your psych profile said. And he's like, oh, great. And, and he did make some rather nice doilies by the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm also, uh, you know, talking about, you know, various problems. Of course, there's the problem if people found out you are immortal. They, the first question is, did you meet? And the answer is no. I was in the middle of Mongolia for 400 years during that period. No, I didn't meet anyone. And no, I didn't meet Genghis Khan either. He was before me. You know, it's like, you know, I basically lived in a yurt in the middle of the, uh, the, uh, in the middle of Mongolia. Okay. 
the, the thing about history, okay, and I can I I can relate to this. Amber Rowe had her character Saren, who was half Egyptian princess, half uh, succubus. We've made her into bureau canon. She teaches at Bangor, Maine. One of the running jokes that Amber and I had was that Saren would be going to a movie and just be sitting there with her her Chinese dragon friend Feng Shen and going, "That's wrong. That's wrong. No, it didn't happen like that. That's wrong. How do you know? I was there." No, that's wrong. <laughs> that, that, you know, how they say history is written by the winners and somebody who's lived a very long time and just go, no. <laughs> if you're perceptive enough to realize that you're going to, that this is going to happen to you, that sooner or later, you know, people are going to be talking about things that happened in history and you're going to look at them and, you know, and they're going to say, you know, they aren't, weren't you there or whatever. You have to actually make an effort which goes, which causes more dislocation, of course, to basically go or figure out where the next great thing is and make sure you're there when it happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, of course, you can impart information to people like, so I like modern cities. Want to know why? Because they don't smell of horse bleep. That's why. <laughs> I don't know. Most, I mean, you're talking about modern, like 20th century. Because before then, they smelled an awful lot of horse bleed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. We're talking. You're talking twenty first, twenty mid twentieth century cities. You know, and, and uh, yeah, yeah. Because they had a lot of dra draft horses and various things pulling things up and down the streets through, throughout you know centuries of London. What, what's that? What's that? Child's novel. Everyone poops. Yeah. Every yeah, and there's there is poop everywhere. You know, but you literally there's you know there's there's, um, you know, fecal material everywhere from everybody. That plate. That's why they have outerware and they have regular wear. It was invented so you could put on something that could get fouled and then take it off when you actually went into the house and wouldn't smell like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they and they you take take off your shoes and they would give you shoes to wear, slippers to wear, and you'd have your inner clothes that were still fully you're still fully dressed. And, and and then have a good time at the party. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that's why great coats were that that size because they cover they're right down to your ankles. Absolutely, women's clothing, and then of course those long dusters. You know, just you wanted you need you need to cover cover up. You know. It's also why, you know, those cloaks. No one ever talks about the fact that, you know, that you, I walk into the bar and I you know, pull my cloak around me and nobody can see me. I'm like, no, no, you walk into the bar and take your cloak off because everyone's like, oh, just get Dude. Yeah, put it over there. Hang it up. Yeah. So, you know? so someone made a case that in s several Roman towns, that was not the case. They had such good sanitation going it, they didn't stink of 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 horse manure. They actually, yeah, they bait, bait, you know, everything was swept into into the gutters and washed out and washed away. And it, basically, the town the towns didn't smell of 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 up to it. Be a few like that, you know. I've heard that about uh, Japan also. Is that you know, with all the bathing going on, that those people actually smelled good. I mean, unless of course they were a worker in the field, in which course they were stinky from just hard work. 
All right. So, and and back to your the, the, those skills, okay? Even if you have good core skills, over time, a lot of those skills are going to become antiquated. I mean, how good does, you know, you know, you're an expert horseman. So what? It's now, you know, it's now the time of the motorcycle and the and the car. How good are you at perambulating? Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm a I'm an expert flint napper. I can I can make I can make flint stuff that you would never believe. But trouble is, other other than Etsy, I can't make a living. You know, <laughs> yeah. Or you're the person who learned how to make. Because I watch these shows about lost technology, and they were looking at some of the grave goods, and they found tiny gold metal tubes that we would have a hard time now making. And they're going, how did they do that? Well, children. They probably had kids who had good good eyesight making these things because they had better eyesight than adults. But they were making tiny, thin gold tubes that are ne- that you'd either ha- they're next to impossible to make unless you, unless you're really dedicated and, ha- and have a and have a, a big, 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 uh, you know, really powerful microscope to work with. You know, this is amazing what they had. You know, there's a lot of lost technology, lost lost knowledge. You know, Persian rugs were, you know, uh, were made by children who would knot the fibers together with, with their tiny hands. And once they got to a certain age, which was not very old, like six to eight, they weren't allowed to do it anymore because their hands were too big. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, we were talking that you know, you you you, you be not being nobility, but you know, if you say you have an Egyptian who's been around for a while, how many how many tombs did he build? Did he help build? Because that was a religious duty. And if he was not, you know, in the pharaoh, in in the royal family, he was an ordinary person. Yeah, he's been around a lot, but he that was actually a religious duty to spend some of your time helping building, you know, help building various religious artifacts and so forth. So, how many tombs does he know about? Did he know about and come back to him later? Or how many tombs did he build? And who needs tomb builders anymore? Yeah. And you could probably tell the folks, oh, yeah, you think Tut's something? You missed this one king. I know where he is. I'm not going to tell you. You just got to find him yourself. He's in the Valley of the Kings. <laughs> You'll be surprised when you find him. <laughs> no one's touched him. <laughs> I know. How does he know? I mean, unless he's sitting there in the Valley of the Kings, he doesn't know where the where the, the tomb raiders are getting to or not getting to. It may have been not touched for the same reason Tuts wasn't touched. It was buried. It buried under till. Basically, someone just dumped the till from the current tomb above him. That's how Tuts, survi- Tuts tomb survived. No, the reason Tuts survived was because they were he was smart enough to build a fake tomb in front of the real tomb, and it got raided. You know, the things that were in the 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 front the fake tomb the fr- the front tomb were stolen, but they didn't realize there was another tomb behind, and that's why. But you're right. There was there was that backfilling that did happen, but it didn't keep him safe forever. He was it was still raided before they came in and found it for real. Yeah, or I can see him going. Yeah, I helped build I helped build build Khufu's pyramid. I know where he's buried in there. It's not where you think he is. <laughs> right. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer. Saying, keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. 
This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org, colon 8027.